welcome to the Gutted Podcast, conversations about life with tummy troubles, with me, Lydia Jean Meredith, and lots of lovely guests with some sort of condition that affects the digestive system. And there are a lot of them. Now we're going to hear from journalist Annabelle Rackham, who shares her story on growing up and living with Crohn's disease. Annabelle, thank you so much for joining me on the podcast today and coming to chat about your Crohn's disease. Yes, I know. Something I don't really speak about that much, so it's actually quite interesting to be doing that today. Oh, well, I appreciate you uh, making the time to do this. So can you tell us a little bit more about your diagnosis and your story? Yeah, so it all, it was quite a, a difficult battle at the start because obviously you find with irritable bowel disease that we still don't actually know much about it, what what causes it. We don't have a cure either. So it all started when I was nine years old and I was so, you know, I became suddenly so unwell to the point where I just couldn't eat anything anymore. If I ate, I would throw up or, you know, be stuck on the toilet for so long. And it was a really stressful thing to happen when I was that age. And the way that I cope with it is I just stopped eating at all um, and went on kind of like a liquid diet, really. And doctors were convinced that I was anorexic because I wouldn't eat and I was losing so much weight. And I said, no, physically, I can't eat. It's too painful. And it took my parents so long to get a diagnosis. It took probably over a year to the point where, you know, I did, I was seriously, seriously underweight at the age of 10 when I was diagnosed, ended up being rushed into a specialist unit um, at the Royal London Hospital, uh, which is just one of the most amazing gastroenterology units in the UK. And yeah, I was actually diagnosed with ulcerative colitis first but it's kind of transpired over the years that um, like it, it doesn't just affect the small intestine, it affects the large intestine as well. So I'm quite lucky that I have it quite mild, but at the same time, yeah, that first kind of initial period was so hard to deal with, especially when you are a child, because, you know, you know nothing about it. And it was, it was really scary. Yeah. F- for a nine-year-old, um, it must have been as you said, really difficult for you and scary. Um, You're just learning about the world and learning about yourself. Um, You know, you're so young and then having to deal with all that on top of having to go to school and everything. Yeah, I mean, it came at a time where I was going to secondary school when I was actually properly diagnosed and put on medication. And I'd say those kind of years between about the age of 10 and 16 were probably the hardest of my life because I was so ill that whole time. I missed a lot of school. I was at the hospital basically every Wednesday, which I'll always remember was clinic day. And other kids would be like, you know, why does she sort of disappear off? And it was it was really hard because I was on I was trialing so many different medications with different side effects. And the one that I spent the most time on was was steroid treatment, which is really difficult because I'd go from periods of being completely like unable to eat when I was really ill and then when you get on steroids you're you have such increased appetite so I would go from you know losing a couple of stone because I was unable to eat to then going on steroids for a short which only allowed to go on for a short period of time and then gaining a lot of weight 
which when you're a kid is so hard because I literally had like two, two different school uniforms one that would fit me when I was on steroids and one that would fit me when I was ill because there was such a fluctuation in weight and I really think there's a lot to be done kind of on and something that I'd love to look at sort of professionally on Crohn's disease, uh, Crohn's colitis and eating disorders, because growing up being on steroids or being ill, you know, your body image changes completely because you can, you can, you know, you go from one extreme to another, which, which really affects you growing up because, Mm. you know, it's all tied into your identity and how you feel about your body it's kind of those years where you are turning from like a teenager to an adult for you to be going through such seismic changes is so frustrating and really hard to understand. So how did you cope with it? um, Having so much changing throughout your childhood? I mean, my, my parents kind of had to make a decision and it's, it's one of those things where um, at 11, they decided to put me in private school because it was small classes, there was going to be that educational support, which was there, you know, when I was in hospital, I could get lessons sent to me, I got kind of special educational support in terms of, you know, one to one teaching, because I missed a lot of school. And that was a real financial burden for them. But they were so worried about what it would be like me going to school, where my weight was changing constantly, you know, the last thing I could have dealt with was being bullied. And I was so fortunate growing up that my school was really supportive and it was so much smaller. And that is kind of one of the hard things as well, because especially with the job that I do now, being journalist, working for the BBC, there's such a culture around, you know, changing the sort, you know, having more diverse people. And obviously, we already have a culture where a lot of people went to private school and it's becoming one of those things where, you know, you want to kind of phase that out, I guess. Mm. You want more people from more diverse backgrounds. But for me and the decision that my parents made, you know, I came from a very normal background. It was more that my parents did everything they could to afford school because I there was such a worry from them that, I wouldn't have, you know, achieved what I did in the end without having that specialist care. I was so fortunate in order, you know, to go to a small school to get that support, even to the point where I did all my GCSEs by myself in a room with my own, yeah, with my own invigilator because it's stress related and doing my exams just added to that layer of stress. So the school actually had to put in place me to do all my exams by myself because I couldn't get through a two hour exam without going to the toilet. It was impossible. So I'd have to have my own invigilator in my own section of the school who would come to the toilet with me, wait for me to go to the toilet. And there'd be instances where I'd have to stop the exam like three, four times. Uh, So yeah, I had all the added pressure. So school was kind of, I was so fortunate to be afforded that opportunity. The mind and the gut are very much connected, aren't they? So it's, so it's good that you've, you were able to have one stress essentially alleviated a bit um, having a very good support network and support in your school yeah and I think it was it was good having I guess the the teachers had the conversation with the people I went to school with so that they knew what was going on because I think it would have it would have as I said definitely been harder had I had to deal with 
you know, people maybe being unsympathetic because children can be really unkind. And I did have some instances where, you know, one girl wouldn't share like a bottle of water with me because she was scared that she could catch Crohn's from drinking the water because it is an invisible illness. I would have people saying, oh, she's milking it. You know, she's fine because Mm -hmm. I looked fine. I just didn't feel fine. And it was kind of things like I could walk around school with a hot water bottle. I would literally walk around school with a hot water bottle constantly. I'd go and have a lie down in the nurse's office where on the bed when I didn't feel well. I could go and hide in the toilet for a period of time and I wouldn't get judged for it. And it's funny because, you know, in the sort of like part time jobs I've had as an adult, I've actually been judged more and treated worse than I was by all the kids at school. So. Yeah, I was so lucky to for the school to be so supportive and explain to everyone what was going on, what was wrong with me. I went to a different sixth form, but until the age of, you know, 16, 17, I was really ill and I couldn't do a lot. So when you were 16, is that when it started to um, ease a bit or did you just, was it you were able to understand it more, manage it better? Yeah, I think it was it was a ma- mindset thing massively. I think going to a new school at 16 with new people gave and a big school as well, like a bit a lot bigger, gave me kind of the ammunition to change my mindset. You know, these were all new people and I didn't want to be just known as the poorly girl because I think that was maybe what I was a lot of people thought about thought that about me at at my old school. And I also really started getting into exercise at that age, just because my my new school was actually next to a gym. And I it, it was a really slow process, actually, because I had to really build my strength up. Because one of the things you get with IBD is just fatigue is just awful. So I really had to build myself up. And I started by doing spin classes because it was dark. I could sit at the back of the room. No one would judge me if I had to. I could only do like 15 minutes of a class. So, yeah, I would I would go to sixth form. I'd go to the gym after after sixth form. And that helped so much. And there is kind of there are kind of like trials going on. And I have spoken. I've, I've sort of spoken to this to two doctors at my hospital about this because there is a real understanding being built between the relationship between exercise and IBD. Yeah, so since 16, so for the last 10, 11 years, I've been really, really into the gym and I've really got to a point where, I mean, the lockdowns haven't helped, but where my cardio fitness is great, my strength is good. And yeah, since that point, I have just, I've felt so much better in myself, but I do think it's a combination of just that mindset change, but also the physical change coming together at the same time was just really important for me something I should have asked you to begin with actually is um what is Crohn's and how does it actually affect you um and what were your symptoms so the symptoms are do you know it's funny I've had it for 17 years and I still find it really hard like it's hard talking about it but um so inflammatory bowel disease is yeah what it says so from what I understand you have kind of ulcers in the large intestine um, and the small intestine which kind of um, and they can go all the way up to kind of like the esophagus really the windpipe and you know you can have ulcers in all of those areas which makes it harder for you to I guess digest food and 
everybody can be affected quite differently but on a basic level it means you just don't have normal bowel movements like everyone else um you can't you know necessarily just eat what you want because that can really affect how your bowel works and how you digest food if you are kind of eating foods that are difficult typically to digest and it has you know it manifests itself in different ways so for me I'm fairly stable at the moment but I still it's funny because I've just gone through a period of of living with with my sister for the last month she couldn't believe how many times I go to the toilet a day and that to me is just so normal now that I don't think about it so that's been quite interesting so on a bad day I could go to the toilet like 10 to 20 times um norm at the moment it's like three to four Mm -hmm. and I'm pretty bad in the mornings so I feel pretty rubbish in the mornings I find it really hard to get out of bed sometimes I don't have a lot of energy that's normally when my stomach's at at its worst and yeah for me it's mostly the amount of times I go to the toilet I get quite bad stomach cramps but again I've had it for 17 years so I don't really ever I don't feel them that much it's just it's kind of like normal background noise to me now, which does probably sound a bit crazy, but it's just expected. I just expect that to happen. And yeah, the, the side effects that I get are, um, yeah, just quite bad fatigue. And I also, the medication I take is kind of the main cause of side effects. So I take immunosuppressants. They, I'm not really good with the science and the medical stuff, but immunosuppressants, kind of suppress so the reason I think this is right the reason that you have ulcers in your intestines is because your immune system is attacking itself so you go on immunosuppressants because they suppress your immune system they stop the attacks they stop your body from attacking itself and they stop kind of the ulcers being that bad and you basically know how you know that you're really bad when you're bleeding when you go to the toilet because it means obviously there's a lot of ulcers and there's kind of internal bleeding going on but you kind of if you go to the toilet a bit more normally or whatever you know someone with IBD would consider normal and you're not bleeding that's pretty that's a pretty good sign um so yeah it is it manifests itself in a lot of ways I think I'm quite lucky because other people can kind of have different side effects but for me, the worst thing is kind of the weakened immune system um, and the fatigue. You said before about um, going to the gym and how that yeah. helps you. Um, so how do you balance the um, the fatigue and having the energy to go to the gym? Can you, you feel it in yourself? You know, if you're having a good day, a bad day or what causes the fatigue? Well, obviously your Crohn's causes yeah. the fatigue, but um, I suppose what triggers the fatigue? I think the problem for me is because I spent so long growing up and I think we can talk about this more when we talk about like university and stuff because that's Mm. a big part of it but growing up obviously missing out on so much when I was a teenager you know I couldn't go on school trips couldn't go on you know holidays with people like I couldn't even go on holiday sometimes with my family had to cancel quite a lot just because I was too ill to travel couldn't go to parties couldn't go to theme parks you know all those sort of things I missed out on growing up because you know getting on a coach or getting in your friend's mum's car 
at six o'clock in the morning to go to Thorpe Park for the day was just inconceivable. It just wouldn't have happened. So from starting to feel better, it became very hard for me to ever say no to anything because I had spent so long not able to do much. I have literally, as an adult, turned into somebody that could never say no. So I am tired all the time because I do too much. Like that is why I'm tired. And that is why I'm always constantly burnt out and exhausted. And kind of going into lockdown was quite interesting, like not to go off on too much of a tangent, but lockdown made me realise how manic my life was previous to that. So, yeah, I think I was tired from the fact that I would push my body so much, going on nights out, spending loads of time with friends, then getting into the gym the next morning, not sleeping, maybe not in you know not doing as much self-care as I needed to I that's why I was so tired but you know even during lockdowns I've been tired not doing anything just from the symptoms itself you believe if you know if you're going to be tired anyway so you may as well make the most of your life and doing things as well yeah so And I guess the fatigue just comes from the fact that your body's got a part with a lot more than most people have to, just to function, just to get you out of bed in the morning. So we touched on uni. um, And I know from me being celiac, there were times where I had to be careful. um, And you just, you know, you couldn't join in with everybody else if they were going out and then having a Mackey's burger at the end of the night or a kebab, um, which it seems so... So it's so, so small in comparison to what you've had to probably go through at uni. Um, so how was uni for you? I was gonna say I don't think so. I wouldn't say it's like worse. You had to be so so careful from a dietary perspective. But yeah, uni was was weird for me because obviously it's the first time I was away from home. I had a lot of issues where I could never share a bathroom with anyone. So it was like the initial anxiety of getting accommodation with an ensuite and having to sort that out. But also before I went to uni, I was like, to be totally honest, really scared of drinking mm-hmm. because I knew from doctors telling me from reading a lot online about how much alcohol can affect IBD in a really negative way. And it, you know, it does make your symptoms a lot worse. So I was terrified of, you know, freshers week and being around people that didn't know me, didn't know my health problems. Again, you know, I looked perfectly fine from the outside. So I didn't want to like shock anyone or, you know, have to be a burden to these new people that didn't know me. So I was really, really stressed at first. It was a huge, huge, it's a huge step for anyone, but having to manage your condition by yourself having to make new friends, having to be a bit different, it did always worry me. And I think, you know, the fact that it's changing a lot now, but when I started uni nine years ago, it was, everything was about drinking, you know, every freshers event was alcohol. And I was was terrified and it took me a while actually to start getting drunk. And um, the medication that I'm on, I take azathioprine, which is, I still, I've still taken it for quite a long time, but I was on a quite, I was on a lot higher dose then than I am now, but it affects your liver function. And for me personally, I found that it made it made me drunk so much quicker. Like mm. I I built up my kind of tolerance to alcohol throughout uni, as everyone does. Like I got 
used to kind of drinking a lot more and I you know I got to a place where I could handle my drink but there were literally some days and I was so lucky to find really good friends at uni who looked after me when I needed them but I would find sometimes that I'd go on a night out and I'd maybe had a particularly bad week where I wasn't feeling great stomach wise I'd drink a couple of drinks and feel like passing out and you know I'd eaten enough that day I'd been careful but it was the medication that meant that I couldn't drink yeah but yeah it was it was a difficult time because I again that kind of site like mentality of I've got a lot of catching up to do I haven't lived my life to the fullest and I want to meant that I literally went from zero to 100 I went from being you know at school where I'd had to be really careful and I'd go to house parties I'd socialize but I'd never take it to extremes to uni where I started going out four or five times a week um not sleeping not eating properly you know eating takeaways at the end of the night you know I'd never touch fast food or anything like that before uni because I was so scared of how I'd feel eating it and I completely changed and just embraced this lifestyle and for a while I kind of coped but then um in my second year so I went to Nottingham and then went to Trent so I was doing my history degree and you know freshers got through it didn't have much work to do kind of was socializing but had that time to recover and I was only really warming up but then second year it all kind of clicked into place I got a really great group of friends I was really happy in the house that I was living in I got into student radio and you know I had all these hobbies and interests now all these people to go out with so yeah I was going out constantly I had you know would was not like did not give myself time to breathe sleep eat properly on top of that I was still going to the gym like constantly like maybe five six times a week so I was honestly like go proper going for it and it all kind of came to a head at the end of my first term in second year so like December of second year when I had so many deadlines and I was doing ridiculous amounts of, I think I had about 15,000 words worth of essay to submit. And I was doing loads of essays. I had presentations to do. I was still going on nights out, still doing radio. And then I started noticing this like massive lump on, like this, I got this lump on my neck and it started growing bigger and bigger. And I was just had so much work to do that I literally didn't even consider it. I felt so ill, but I was like, right, I've got to submit my work. And I got all my essays done, like submitted, went to the like the uni office, put all my coursework in. And then I was like, right, I feel terrible. I'm going to the doctors. I had like no charge on my phone. I just told one of my housemates, I was like, look, I'm bitter. I'm going to go to the doctors. Doctor took one look at me and she's like, right, you're going to hospital right now. This is not good. And I literally had ended up spending 10 days in the in the um, what was it the QE, QM, uh, is QMC? QMC, yeah. QMC yeah spending like because which was right next to Nottingham Uni spending like 10 days in there I ended up being admitted from A&E um with like an inf- with like a lymph node infection it was oh so bad God. I was on like an IV antibiotic drip um they called my parents my parents had to rush up from London um and yeah I ended up being there missing the whole of like the kind of Christmas festivities mm. and just being so ill and it was because I thought that I was like normal I thought I was like everyone else that I could do all my work go on loads of nights out 
um, live a kind of normal life. And that was kind of the wake up call for me that I actually had to take better care of myself. Yeah. A hospital admission with like an like a immune disease um, and being on antibiotics and being very ill throughout the whole of that Christmas was like the recognition that, yes, you may look OK on the outside. You may kind of come across normal to everyone else, but you are not well and you actually need to take it more seriously. So after you had the um the infection and the lymph node and then that was sorted how did that change your mindset then for the rest of uni I changed my relationship with alcohol a lot Mm -hmm. and it still remains to this day like I would still love the socializing and loved like just clubbing really like it's just I just enjoy it it wasn't really I changed the focus from just going on nights out spending time with my friends but drinking a lot less I got really used to just going out sober and I still try and do that a lot now where I would I managed to get through nights out without drinking which sounds bad but I would go clubbing till like three o'clock in the morning and be sober and sleeping more and eating better and yeah I kind of I still went a bit mental like I still went out too much but I managed my health better and I would use being at home kind of in the holidays is a bit of a rest period rather than kind of using it as an extended like university term and then going out with my homemates loads I would actually try and rest um and it's kind of the same for everyone like developing a better relationship with like your studies and how much time you'd allocate to it like making sure that I had more time to work and dedicating more time to my work because you know anyone pushing it to the extreme and getting all your essays done in the last like two weeks of term not a good idea so I I just never (laughs) I never did that again no that never works for me I was too much of a warrior oh I was close to the deadline yeah I think it's amazing that you would um I think it's commendable that you'd go out sober and stay out till three o'clock and be able to do that I don't know how like now (laughs) looking back on it I mean I know we haven't been in a club for a while And I'm just thinking about my first night out. Like, I've already gone out a couple of times with mates, like, just sat outside in the freezing cold Mm. since lockdowns ended. And even now, I'm, like, exhausted by about 11. So I have no idea how I'm going to cope. I probably will need to drink my way through, but I won't be going clubbing four times a week. So (laughs) should be all right. (laughs) Yeah, clubbing in moderation. (laughs) Yeah. Finally, what I want to ask you is um, if you've got any advice for anyone who has just been um, newly diagnosed with Crohn's um, what advice would you give them? I'd say initially it can be really really scary um, just dealing with the symptoms finding a medication that works for you there's so much to go through but I can guarantee the the pain that you've probably gone through in order to get to this point to get a diagnosis is going to be is has been way worse you're like you're over the worst now is what I would say I also think that having an illness like a long-term condition it makes you a lot better person and I know that sounds crazy I, I often get asked the question if someone could take your illness away you know could wave a magic wand and you would wake up tomorrow and you would have no illness would you be happy like would you take that and I actually say no because it's taught me so much in my life. And I'm so glad that I've had this experience because 
like the resilience that I have, the strength that I've gained from it, the appreciation for other parts of my life, just things like, yeah, my stomach doesn't work, but my legs work and my arms work and my eyes work. I can smell, I can see. And just think about all the lessons you've learned already from being ill and how that's changed you as a person. You've probably gained a lot more sympathy. You've probably learned to kind of listen to your body a lot more and work out what it needs, I think is so important. That's so lovely. I love how positive you are about it. Which I, just, I suppose you, yeah. you gotta be, you gotta be, you gotta receive the positives. Um, but I think that is just really, really lovely advice. It is tough, but yeah, just think about how much it will teach you and how much you'll learn from it. Like if you if you keep being successful at anything all the time, you don't really learn anything, but you kind of you learn from your mistakes, you learn from the kind of the negative experiences or the hard experiences. So not being you know not having complete plain sailing I think is much better than you know no adversity at all after hearing everything that you've been through and how successful you are and how much you're just living your life no I really admire it oh thank you I I, I, I don't like praise so I'm just like, <laughs> oh I just always try and be positive all the time mm-hmm. I don't know it's just just within me to always I'm very much a, a glass yeah. half full kind of person always have been and I do think that is from being ill it just makes you appreciate so much more and yeah just kind of really take stock and think about those things thanks for listening to this episode i hope there was something in there that you've been able to take away from this or at least you've become a bit more aware about the condition you can keep up to date with what's coming up on the pod on instagram at the gutted podcast thanks again and i'll speak to you soon